Welcome to the Nature Back podcast of Single Earth. In this series, we are talking with investors about their vision of the new green world. My name is Tarmo Virki, and in this episode 7, I'm talking with Hampus Jakobson from Pale Blue Dot on how investors and startups can keep the Pale Blue Dot alive. Enjoy the show. Hampus, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's obvious where Pale Dot Blue got its name from that famous photo of planet Earth from six billion kilometers away. But tell us a bit about the background. How do how did you guys come up with founding Pale Blue Dot? I mean, the background was that Heidi, Ewell, and myself, the three GPs and co-founders, we were working with uh, other kinds of structured firms. Heidi Newell ran, ran a microfund and accelerator, and I was at a deep tech firm in Berlin. And the firm I was at did a lot of stuff in like fusion and clean meat, but not with a thesis of climate, but with a thesis about future and decentralization. And then Heidi Newell's fund was had a very strong ESG focus, but not like an like outspoken measured ESG and not like on climate. And and I was in the in the investor committee of that of that um, of that fund. So what happened is essentially I like we started to, we had like this weekly meeting and lunch meeting where we just started talking about this is nineteen uh, 2019 in February, we just started talking about the climate situation in the world and how we felt that we wanted to spend more time on it and how what one could do and what was the role of venture. And I think that we had a doubt that we were asking, like, is there is climate one of those things where venture should avoid it? Actually, like, mm-hmm. is it something that like it's it's venture it's venture com- compatible or not? Because what's the conversation? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy to like n- now in hindsight it might feel a bit silly, like oh, is venture compatible? But I actually think that back then it was very legit. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, if you think about like, you know, can we create uh, nuclear energy production, whatever, or can we? <laughs> transform any of these industries they just feel like venture is usually not super good for transforming these things it's like mm-hmm. very short term it's very digitalized it's it's not really for these things and then we what what happened was like we prototyped and built the climate event in in berlin um which was really kind of the who's who of, of like some of the most amazing climate people both within uh like science like the the one of the founders of ipcc was there and like some of the head researchers but also some super interesting startups and like around the table, like all, all of the kinds of people. And I think what was so interesting was that when we doing that, it was so clear that there were just so many kind of quote unquote investable companies. Like mm-hmm. you just started, like we just started looking at this, like, and I think it's like, at least for myself, is like, I always try to like my natural state is like, I'm sitting with a cup of decaf tea and reading a fiction book. And that's what I'm going to do. And I don't want to do anything about that. Like, I, I really don't want to do anything about that. So like whenever somebody says somebody should fix the venture can do climate, whatever, then I'm just trying to get someone else to do it. So I'm just essentially making it super easy. It's like at, doing this event, I just like, let's get some VCs in the room. Let's get them to understand this. Let's get them to invest in it. And I can get back to my fiction books and my tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then essentially like after the event, I was like talking to Blue where I worked. I'm like, what do you think? I'm like, this is amazing. This is the future. It's like, yeah, like come to the companies. And we talked about, yeah, but can we invest in that? And what do you mean? And then another, like a couple of funds that I invited and all of them were like, yeah, I didn't really understand like how methane works or I don't understand like what's the difference between deforestation and afforestation. And like, you know, and I realized, but this is not that hard, is it? And then I started realizing that venture people tend to be like this kind of, they were the kids in high school that played poker. And the people who like science are the people who sat in the front of the class and took all the notes. And I was like, and then the two never met, right? Mm. And I kind of was like, as it, it's like it's a joke a bit, right? Because they're they're both camps, of course. But I was just realizing, oh my god, like actually, this is maybe the complicated thing in venture because we have these venture funds, 
that do these like extremely complex science things and like with, for example in medical but the venture community don't even consider the venture funds they're like a very particular kind of biotech funds and stuff and then we have like the venture funds and the venture funds loves that kind of like oh can you get in can we get like fast food delivery and like Korean uh, cosmetics sold in Berlin and like, you know, nobody needs this shit. And because like the mentality is very different. So we were just like, and, and blue, uh, sorry. And, um, blurred where I were in Berlin was not that blurred was like very, very thoughtful, but still had problems of grappling with climate. So then in my laziness, I was like, can we get something else to do it? It felt like the three of us were sitting there realizing, damn, like, it seems like it's so hard to get people to do it. So then we essentially said, let's prototype thinking about building a fund. And we didn't know, like, we're going to do a 10 million fund, a 20 million fund, maybe $40 million fund, maybe like a $50 million fund. But like, how much is there to do? And what, like, who would be interested in investing? So essentially, October 2019, we said, okay, let's go and try to raise a fund. And Babydot is a $100 million fund. And I would say that 2019, if you asked Americans, they said, like I would say 30% said, I'm not sure climate change is real. And if it's real, I'm not sure it's man-made. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I would say 50% said, I know it's real, but I don't think you can make money on it because we burned ourselves on, you know, uh, clean tech. Um, and in Europe, people were like, I think it's really great, but I really don't think one should like, you know, put capitalism and climate together. That was 2019. And so, but January, February, 2020, like you know started fundraising down in october in january february then suddenly like i don't know what happened in the world but just like the world just completely changed and like we had americans who were just like hey can we be in part of your fund and they still said i'm not sure you can multiply money but like we're happy to de like dedicate some money and the europeans said like i i think we're going to multiply money and i think it's going to be great we don't know like not completely sure that capitalism is going to play a like a very beneficial role in this but like we're happy to bet and then during that year it was super clear that it was like everybody coalesced and realized that there is a role for like what I would say is transformative capital. So I think there's so much money going into if you have a like a hundred hundreds of millions of company revenue company and you want to add another you know fifty million in from anybody and you're doing something which is great for the world, you open the doors and you get the money. Like either you get it from a government or you get it from a family office. Like like hey Bill Gates, hey Norwegian government, hey big private equity company. They're all like hey give them money and they can say it's great we're recycling school books or whatever they're just like it's great they want to like they think it's a great story but if you're going out there and saying i have a pretty madness idea and i would like to have like a million euros people are just like i'm sorry i'm not going to spend that much time for a million euros it's too much like too much thinking i don't understand this problem i don't want to think about it so we kind of felt this crazy gap in the market where essentially the three of us have always played mm. like we've always been the we've started quite a lot of companies uh, ourselves and i think that we end up enjoying the ambiguity part like we love the part where like of course the science and like the facts have to check out we can't say that we're going to remove gravity but like if we look at it it's like i i actually can't see why it wouldn't work like it sounds like this would work then it feels like well then shouldn't somebody do it kind of level and then i think for us it's like jokingly sometimes it's like founder multiplied by market so like for us it is like are these people amazing is the problem really big and of course, are we defying rules of gravity or science? Mm -hmm. And if those three are true, then it's kind of what we need. Like I'm playing it lightly here, of course, like we like we like metrics and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if somebody says, hey, we're gonna you know, be able to build electric airplanes or, or whatever, we're gonna be able to suck down carbon from the sky. And like, we look through this and it's like, this looks like it should work, right? Then we're fairly gay. Mm -hmm. uh, and that feels like that was a pretty rare quote unquote product for founders. And I think that the other thing we did, which I think was is interesting that we hadn't really realized is that in Europe, it's very, very rare to have founder led 
firms, like venture firms where the people are startup founders. So one thing that we found so nice is like a lot of founders really like the fact that when we come in, we are not, we're not like maybe capital allocators as people. Like we are, we're in your shoes. We say like, hey, we'd love to work with you. And we think actually part of it's just like, it's very fun to work with you because like we would love to kind of be, be entrepreneurs without having to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it's such a great thing that we get to do those things. And I think that we originally thought that that maybe wouldn't be such a relevant thing for the entrepreneurs. But we've realized now that that is such a like enormous, uh, unique, unique selling point that the entrepreneurs love having an entrepreneur to talk to every day. Uh, so like that's like that. Mm -hmm. So that's us. Mm -hmm. So you said, you said there was a kind of major shift in the in around you in uh, January, February 2020. Of course, that was roughly the same time when Corona kicked in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Corona came actually. Yeah, Corona came. I would say like yeah, truly like that actually when it kicked in. But I think that. I think mentality shift, there was a second shift during COVID, which I think was somewhere there in August, September, I think it was that year, mm. when people went from, it's not the bubonic plague. Like, I think there was a first period when people were like, I think we might all die and we're building a bunker and we're going to New Zealand level, where people were just like totally egoistic madness and panic mode. And then somewhere in, in September, people were like, okay, we want to continue having the planet as we have it, but we just want to figure out like now how we do it. I think that was a super interesting phase when we actually had like a second stage uh, uh, of climate where people realized that I would say also that climate is extremely compatible with business. But I think that's a, that was a huge shift for us when people like looked at it and said, Hey, it's actually cheaper. Like, and I think that came from like, people saw that remote work wasn't like destroying the company culture, remote work wasn't like, you know, whatever. And suddenly they got, people were just, what? This isn't a bad idea. And I think then the same thing, people started connecting the dots. And I think that that was definitely like a second catch-up effect, I would say. Mm. How much of that fund you already invested in uh, new startups? As we've done 22 companies wow. uh, as a fund. That's uh, a lot. So, to, but, but yeah, it's a lot. I think that there's so many problems to be solved. So I think it's like, there's so many exciting things that we work with. I mean, we do have done anything from like steel making to um, machine learning, design new crops, to uh, better ways of charging uh, electrical fleets, to uh, increase the reusage of clothes, to um, pension funds that are completely green, to uh, like vegan food products made out of like miracle materials that you can't even understand how great they are, to electrical coach companies, like bus companies that are completely electric, uh, financing companies for people who help creating more solar projects. They're just like, if people ask us like, oh, what's the gen like, what's the theme? The theme is like great climate problem, great founder. That's it. And people say, oh, it seems like you really like transportation. We're like, no, we have absolutely no opinion. We just want stuff mm. that are very big climate problems and then we're done. Yeah. Like that's all we need. And like, we, of course, there's going to be one day when we say, oh, we've not done anything within, I don't know, some area. But it's so far. It's been no, no. If it's a if it's a great problem and it's a great founder, like let's go. Cool. The um, I was reading your website and got any got kind of um, I don't know overwhelming view that you're really uh, kind of climate optimist. I would say <laughs> uh, me with a background of uh, you know few decades in journalism, you kind of become cynical in every single sector. So uh, what what does this optimism is based based on? Yeah. Uh, so I am, I, to be very honest, I am a short-term optimist, long-term dystopian as a person. Mm -hmm. So 
I I think that when I I have a very 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 hard time of seeing how we're going to meet any of the silly like degree targets that were like and I think that the the one and a half degree target one degree target two degree, they're all great ideas the problem is I think that these targets it's like they it's just like it's just stupid how it's done I think it's horrible I think that the joke I think in the climate industry is that. You know, I promise that in 2030, I will like completely have stopped eating, blah, 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 and stuff like that. It's just like, but can you just stop, you know, no. gambling now or whatever? It's like, yeah. you know, why do you promise that you're going to in the future not do it? It's just, can you just not do it now would be a great idea, right? Yeah. And it's like, so, like, so silly. I think these goals are just becoming more and more ludicrous when it feels like if you actually believe this is true, just, just stop. It's just like, it's not harder than that, right? Mm. Um, no, so, so I think that. I believe that we are changing the have we have a potential of transforming the planet. We have a potential of actually solving these problems. And I do really believe that. I think the problem is I think that and I do believe sorry, and I also do really believe actually the fact that entrepreneurship and like amazing people are doing so great things. I, I mean I'm I'm in I'm in shock towards some of the some of the people we meet that they they have thought so fundamentally about their own lives and what they're trying to change way more than i think that we sometimes have thought about it who we who like this is what the only time only thing we spend our time on level, right mm -hmm. so like we're very very impressed by them and i think that gives me so much hope and energy when we feel like this will happen like people are transforming it what doesn't give me hope is whenever i talk in front of like a large audience of like sometimes governmental players but even sometimes more is actually some of the like NGO players that are trying to handle this thing because I just feel like some of them I wonder like do you understand like that you need like 10 times the speed you're doing right now and that makes me really really angry when I feel like there are a lot of people who are I don't know they're mostly worried about keeping their jobs mm. and I think that's the worry and I think they're not that interested in actually transformation and I think that those are the ones that make me really worried and I think that I mean I just recently spoke at an event about climate and it was like super 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 great and everything and then like looked at what they served and the food was absolutely not vegan, like not even vegetarian. It was like, just, yeah, let's just serve like cow milk and like some salami and stuff. And I was just like, this is like, this is crazy. And like, I always try to tell people, it's like, for me, climate is like, we have to start looking at it like, like child pornography, pedophilia or child labor or something. Like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to pitch you this great idea. Like this is, uh, like it's a carpet factory I'm running in Bangladesh and I'm giving all the kids mittens and now like they're because now it's great because they don't hurt their fingers so much anymore and now it's great uh, and actually it's really interesting because they actually can work slightly longer so we actually get more revenue out of it but it's like a double bottom line like you know more profitable but also actually better for the kids we all would be like can you go can you please leave this room like I don't want to ever talk to you again you're a horrible person I'm going to call the police now but what we're doing in climate is like we're saying oh that's amazing this is more profitable and it's better for climate but then we look at it, it's like, but what you're saying is you're optimizing cows or like you're, you know, it's like, can we just not eat cows instead? Yep. And I feel like it's, it's as if people like, they really do not want that. They just mm -hmm. don't want to do that last part. They all, they all want to just say, is it okay if we just do a bit? And then for me, it's like a bit is like, would you say a bit within child pornography? Would you say a bit within, uh, within like any of these? No, you wouldn't. Like you would just say, no, no, please. We don't want all at all. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that, that's the thing I think is so critical to just have a stronger view on, no, please. I think one of the craziest thing I find is like, if you're the CEO of an oil company today, you're getting a bigger bonus the more people you kill. If you're a CEO of a meat company, you get a bigger bonus the more you kill. If, if you and I went out 
in the city and put poison in, in the water and people were starting to die from the poison slowly right like not the, some yeah. immediately but some slowly of pulmonary diseases of theirs we would go to jail for life like the two of us right but if i'm the ceo of of you know the totals and excellence whatever and everybody knows that i'm killing the planet you know slowly mm. by like not only like pulmonary diseases of the exhausted but also like you know seawater rise and famines and everything yeah we're gonna get amazing bonuses right and like whenever anybody like you know and everybody says like hey can you like how can you actually be the ceo of this oil company but like well somebody has to do it and we're the greenest oil company on the planet i'm like yeah we're the best child pornography company you can ever think about i just feel like no please like we just have to say no yeah i totally agree with you on that one um looking at your uh, kind of portfolio of 20 plus uh investments is any of them changing the world anytime soon Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's actually that's the joy for me. It's like some of these companies are extremely deep sites. Like some of them are like the, we have one company which is like machine learning platform to design new crops. I mean, wow. their target is now their first crop is going to be in. I think it's going to be next year actually that it's going to start doing anything. But we're talking about like kilos volume, mm-hmm. right? So like climate change level the coming year. Probably like more net negative because they flew twice to the U.S. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like that's it. But like if you look at the cumulative, like like transformative of how we grow crops. Uh, but then I mean, a lot of our companies are doing stuff now. Now, like they're in the weeds. I mean, we have one company that reduces the risk of forest fires, and I mean they're just now reducing risk of forest fires. Yeah. It's like they create like lots of telemetry and like planetary data and so understand how the forest is growing, what's the interaction with the grid, doing a recommendation of the utility companies, drastically reducing the risk of having these like electrical pulses between uh, the grid and the forest. And that's something that's now now. I mean, it's amazing. And I think that what we love is like, we really love when the companies, I mean, they of course, they have a very strong climate ethos, right? Like the founders want to do this. They're not going to go and sell to Total and do some, uh, or I'm not going to say no, not only <laughs> that, like there are a lot of companies that we don't want to like sell to. They should keep doing this thing and solving problems. But one thing we love is like we love when they have a, of course, a clear climate problem like, from some. But the other thing we love is like jokingly, I usually say we want the CFO at the customer to be a climate denier and still buy it. So the amazing thing with this company, like Overstory, they're in the Netherlands and, and also remote. But it's really funny because when they're selling to utility company, the utility company is saving like 20 to like 30% of their maintenance cost of the grid, which is like, I mean, we're talking about like, you know, 20 to kind of hundreds of millions of euros per year, because like these costs are crazy. And those are just cost savings. And then on top of that, they have like, you know, insurance risks and, you know, you know, a lot of other small problems or not, not big problems actually. But then on top of that, they also, of course, then reduce the risk of forest fire. And so, so it's so funny because the CFO at, at one of the utilities, they can look at them and say, you're telling me I'm saving 25 million euros. Of course I'm going to use this. Like, because I'm not going to pay this company 25 million euros. So let's just go, right? And then for this, and, and then they can go home and tell their kids, oh, you know what dad or mom did, like, and say, oh, I'm just like helping the forest not to burn, right? And their kids can say, oh, you're so amazing. But at the end of the day, they don't care. They can turn onto their shoulders. Like, I just like made us 25 million dollars. Like, give me a better bonus, right? And those are our favorites because then we don't need to battle if climate change is real or not. We can just say no this works and we have like a, there's a company one we invested in germany called betterfish and like but it's it's a it's a tuna quote-unquote tuna made out of seaweed and it's completely crazy because like when when we received this first it's kind of canned tuna and there are a couple of these products on the market and most of them don't they, they taste like cat food so like you preferably don't want to eat them and like you have to be like very fervent vegan to kind of even touch them uh, the crazy thing is like what happened this company is they said when we were like talking to them they said we'll send you a couple of sandwiches like these like triangle sandwiches like you get with like tuna mayo and uh, corn sandwiches got a pack of those 
with a, like a freezer thing, unpacked them. I took a first bite. I immediately spit it out. I was like the motherfuckers. And my colleagues were like, and it's like, they've sent us tuna sandwiches. Like, this is tuna. And they're like, what? And then we all started opening looking at this. Like, is it tuna? And I was like, and then my co-founder, who's not vegan, took a bite. And he was like, no, but I don't think this, I, like, I don't, is this tuna? And I was like, took another bite. And I was like, are you, maybe this isn't tuna. What the heck? It's so close to tuna, right? And I think that that's when you realize that it's magical. Because the crazy thing is that, super cool, because um, seaweed sequesters solar carbon from the sky, increases that biodiversity in the ocean, creates amazing local jobs and communities that are depleted for a lot of, a lot of reasons. And then for us humans, it contains full amino acids because it's omega-3. That's how fish can have omega-3. They eat uh, uh, seaweed. So, and then it's not meat. Um, so the crazy thing, it's healthier for you. It's healthier for the planet. It creates jobs. And there's only one party that doesn't like this, and that's the fisheries and tinneries. So it's just like, oh, my God. And if you start think, looking back, and that's like usually I say, like, I like these climate-first founders because, like, if you zoom out of how we today create tuna, we're driving around in the ocean with massive fossil fuel vehicles. Like, like think about your car, but times 10,000. Like, you're driving around and just complete the exhaust pipe, right? With a freezer, which is open. Like, every time you open your freezer, you feel slightly guilty because now, like, it's getting warm inside and you're, like, destroying the planet. These things, ships, they're running around with open freezers. They capture these beautiful ponies in the ocean, drag them out, hit them and have them kill them and throw them into this freezer. And it's just like, all of this just feels like, which century is this? And, they said, and this company just says, not only do they say not that, but they also then suck down carbon from the sky and make your life healthier. And then when you eat it, you're like, how can it not be tuna? And then the crazy thing is, of course, how expensive is it to fish tuna in the sea versus growing seaweed where you know where it is? So the crazy thing is, it's even cheaper than tuna. Wow. So then you realize, like, why don't we all do this? And I think that's my favorites. When you look at it and you just go, this is crazy because this is just, there's nothing wrong with it. And there are so many of these companies where, like, when you see them, you're thinking, oh, yeah, but there must be something which is harder. But then you look at it, no, it's just because the industry is stuck in something. Mm -hmm. And then you realize it's actually not, doesn't have to be harder. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the thing that really impresses me. And, like, we have the same, we have a logistics company in, in London, Hyde, where, like, they hire all the employees, they, uh, all the drivers, they deliver the packages with, like, 15 minutes precision. It's completely green, uh, like, all green vehicles and all green transports. And, and it, they have better margins than all of the transportation companies. Wow. So then you just look at it, it's like, how can this work? And it's because, yeah, we did it 21st century style. Like we use data, like blah, 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 all these things. Of course they did, right? Mm. So like, it's just so crazy when you see these companies, you're like, wow, you can actually change the world without having to kind of, you know, sacrifice mm. everything. And mm. I think that's the thing which makes me so happy. Um, so I think that there's so, and every single sector has these things. Mm, and, and also kind of gives ground to that optimism we talked earlier about, right? Yes. Exactly. No, but I think that, and I think part of me is very optimistic, mm. part of me is not optimistic. Mm. So I think that I, I, I get really, really not optimistic when I talk to like big government bodies who wants to change this super, super slowly. Then I just feel like, come on, can you please change it faster? But I, I get very optimistic when I talk to the people who are actually saying, no, no, I'm just going to do this now. Mm. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to do this now. I'm like, get out of the way. Uh, talking with uh, financial sector people, often I mm -hmm. co come across with a with a topic of ESG investments. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on that? To me, it looks a little bit like greenwashing often. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like I, I mean, we, we are, we are 
I, I'm going to say stuff that my co-founders always say I can't say, but like, I'm not in ESG. Like, I think it's like, I think it's super exciting. We think so. Like, I'm going to moderate that answer before like everybody quotes me. Mm-hmm. I think that ESG is a great format to actually have checklists and think about things that you don't think about. Like, there's so many things where it's like, oh, have you thought about how this product is produced? And you're like, oh, no, I've just thought about climate. I've actually thought about jobs. That's a good idea. Or have you actually thought about controls if this has geopolitical issues? Like, no, I haven't thought about it. Have you actually thought about diversity? And like, oh, that's a good point. So there's so many of these things that I think are really good lenses to act and like to think about. What I really dislike about it is that, like, it's so easy to gain. It's so easy to just like, I, I mean, whenever people like give me that slide of a startup and they have like 12 different, SD, like, you know, um, sustainable development goal, like things and like these icons, I feel like, first of all, give me one icon that you're doing. And like, don't use this as like some kind of sprinkles on top of like, you know, Dutch sandwiches of chocolate, just like, like, can you just tell me what you're doing and not saying you're increasing humanity's wealth and whatever. It's just like, can you just say like one thing you're doing, please? Because I don't believe that you're doing nine great things on the planet. And then second, it's so easy to move around these things and like talk, talk about it. So what we have, like we have an ESG scorecard that we really like, that we work with quite a lot, which is qualitative. So like, instead of just saying on a scale one to 10, how great are you? And people are like 10 and we're like, oh, that's great. We're done, right? We say, let's write a whole like article about it. Let's go and like, how are you planning on diversity? For example, looking at diversity policies, for example, looking at like ownership, for example, looking at management, for example, looking at equal pay. And like when people start asking these questions, they're like, okay, we might not have an equal pay policy, but I mean, we're 50-50 spent on gender and, like, and we're like, okay, good discussion let's start there mm-hmm. and that's like what i believe in it and i think that i think that i would want it to be much more and also another problem so another problem is actually is like when we actually come in and create a framework which is very hard we're saying okay we come up with a very smart measurement framework actually okay that's great and then we come in and we say like let's push this for early stage founders we have these two people who are like they have a you know three three slides and they're two amazing founders and i want to start this great idea we come in and we say yeah can we give us your like full lifetime like life cycle analysis of this product and they're like, well, no, yeah, then we can't do this. But they're like, what, what can you just, can you, can you cut these people some slack? Because like, do you think it's a good idea or not idea? I think like we should put in some of these draconian measurements requirements. Yes, when they're raising like 50 million euros, yeah, they have a, they have money to have a, like a sustainability team and a CFO who does this. But when there are two people in a shed and they're raising five, like 50,000 euros, cut these people some slack and just believe in them for God's sake. Mm-hmm. So I think we try, like people that we, like, we have a, like, a full-time climate researcher, she's an IPCC contributor. So like we've, we invest in it a lot, but we do not do like full like LCAs and stuff. We are more or less like, is this the best way we should make uh, like cement? And then we're like, it looks like really directionally amazing. Is cement a big problem? Yes, it is. Is like, are these founders equipped to solve them? Yes. Okay, let's go. And then of course, slightly longer than I just said now. But like when we talk some of the funds and are some of the like the big banks and stuff, I just feel like, oh my God, like tell me if this is done before 2050. Yeah, I have often the same question uh, when they go into the details how uh, some companies are trying to do measurements of uh, putting their you know, Excel sheets uh, num- numbers together and trying to find the small detail differences that it's often becomes very rather crazy. Yeah, and also I think the problem is also like the headache I also have is that we are we are very much we're like these uh, like very very hypocritical buddhist that we're walking with a broom and saying i can't i i mean i i'm not allowed to kind of crush any single bug here and you're doing it by well eating a mcdonald's burger and you're like i, I think the burger is the problem 
And you're like, no, no, I can't touch any of these spiders. And like, you're eating an animal burger. That's the headache. And I think that there's so many things. I feel like whenever somebody is like a carbon, carbon accounting company, a measurement company, and you ask them, okay, which are your customers? And it's like, they show you like 12 startup logos. And you're like, but these startup logos, they're just hosting on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, but we're measuring their Amazons. And they're like, that is, okay, have you looked at like heavy freight? Have you looked at textile industry? Oh, those are so complicated. We're like, yeah, but those are the ones that actually pollute. Like, I don't think the startup does anything. They're, they send documents. It's like, so I think, and of course it looks great. You have like super cool logos, but like, can you go and actually do carbon, carbon accounting and measurement on like big, and like, if you look at, for example, Sinai in the US, I love them. I think they're great. They do like complex, big and uh, like industries. If you have a textile plant, of course you want to improve it. Mm -hmm. Then if you talk to all the carbon accounting companies, they're not going to help you, but like you have these niche players that say, no, no, that's the, what we do. Exactly. And uh, that's why you can actually have a big difference also. Yeah. Um, what else I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, whole, I mean you, you said that uh, in 20, early 2020 people some suddenly understood and uh, kind of interest in uh, in the sector started to boom how do you see it now I mean in Europe being being also placed between east and west a little bit you know one could uh, wonder with a war going on and so on does it have any impact on the climate sector yeah, 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 I mean, I mean, it's like this is the cynical part of me that I'm not super proud of. But I would say, like, if you if you talk to a lot of governments in Europe, uh, the last like you know, twelve months minus the last month, it's just like, hey, how are you thinking about getting rid of fossil fuel? And they were like, yeah, we're having this agenda. We're going like you know, carbon zero. And like you talk to the Brits, and like, yes, we're like twenty to uh, like twenty one thousand years in the future, we're going to be carbon zero, and it's going to be great. You know, like. Yeah, but have like, you looked at heat exchangers? And like, oh, that's on the agenda. And you just feel like, yeah, you're not going to do it, right? And like the war in like Russia invading Ukraine and behaving like incredible, like what beyond belief that we thought. Like, I mean, Germany, you know, Netherlands, like UK, they're just like, holy crap, this is geopolitical risk. Like, get out of fossil fuel now. And I think that it's, for me, I become so cynical when like you see these politicians realizing that, oh my God, this is a problem. And I was like, yes, it was a problem before, my friend. And I think that, so I always get really tired when people are saying like, for example, green jobs is another one, which is like people saying, oh, this is going to be great. You're going to create a lot of green jobs. I'm like, it's great at creating green jobs, but that's not what you're doing. So I think that, I mean, the same thing. It's like, I feel like so many companies, like especially American companies are like home shoring jobs because they are like, they want, you know, Americans should be employed in the US. That's a super big thing for them. Um, and of course it's, you know, people should be employed. That's a good idea. But I think that some of these things they're doing right now are just like they are bundling together like climate thing with the home shoring of jobs. And they know that like creating like, you know, 10,000 jobs in Georgia is what they're getting elected for. Nobody gives a flying fuck about climate. And I think that like from, sometimes you just feel like we're hiding, like we're, we have been able to do these climate, uh, like address some of the climate challenges for the last 10 years. I mean, or honestly, I think we've known about this problem for, for 40 years. Um, I mean, even the oil companies have, said it for 40 years. I mean, there's been studies for the last 30 that have been kind of conclusive and the last 20, I think it's been silly to be against it. But I think now suddenly when people actually, it's their, it's their money or them getting reelected, then they go like, oh, we have to be independent from Russian oil or we can like, you know, produce this product locally and it's actually better for climate. Then I feel like, I mean, for me, all ways of going there are good, but there are many times I become very, very cynical and um and just get really irritated so i think there are so many people that are are they're driving the change and they're creating so many great opportunities but i think it's about choosing so some, some i feel like 
there are essentially three bubbles. And I think that you have like technology, you have culture, and you, you have policy. And I think that technology enables anything. Like you can say, now we like men can give birth, or now you can like transport yourself and teleportation, whatever. And then you have policy, which essentially is just a lubrication vehicle. It's just like, should we make it easier or harder? It's very, very hard for policy to say that you can't do it. But like, it, it can make it really nasty. Like, even if you say you go to jail, it's like, it's very nasty, right? But then culture is this thing that says, is it reasonable? Should we do this? And for me, it's like, it's always technology enables, policy lubricates, but it's culture that decides. So the second people say, hey, I don't want to destroy the planet anymore. Like, it has to work. Then you can actually look at all these solutions and click, 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 go do it, right? But I think the problem is like, we have to come in and say, like climate first, like it has to be done without destroying the planet. And then you can look at the, like the whole panoply of solutions. And then you can discuss and lubricate them because it might be, okay, people want to change the heat pumps. People like want to be independent of Russian gas. People want to like have a like lower energy bill and actually people want to do a less different of the climate. So like, okay, good. And then, the, so then technology will have it. Oh my God, yes, we've had heat pumps for many long years and they're really impressive and super amazing. And like now they're like machine learning and everything they predict uh, energy needs and temperatures. Great. So they're very, still it's pretty nasty for people to like, you know, chug up with like whatever, 20, like 2000 euros. So like, okay, the government could just say, hey, let's lubricate it, right? And then the question is, how do the government lubricate it? Does the government lubricate it by like telling the banks, please lubricate it and like, we'll give you like green bonds in the background of the bank. Or does the government say, hey, we'll subsidize it, right? But things are the times where there's so many of these things where like we can just lubricate them to lower the threshold for corporates, for people. And then I think on the other thing, what governments should do is they should look at these things that that are like that some of the climate shit people are doing should be moved away. Like there's so many things that corporates are doing that are really, really bad for climate. But right now, corporates can do it as a quote unquote cost of doing business. So the easiest one to do an analogy of is actually looking at the pharmaceutical industry and looking at the opioid epidemic in the US. If you look at the opioid epidemic, I mean, a lot of people are extremely dependent on opioids and like everybody knows it is really, really disastrous. And if you actually trace that and actually go trace the money, you find the Sachs family and like Sacklers and the, like the printing money on this and it's really amazing for them. And when you hear interviews with them, I'm like, oh, they got sued, like, you no, know, $500 million for this. They are like, they admitted to this thing in Georgia. Oh, they admitted this thing, you know, another $200 million, that's crazy. How much money they made through, whoa, my God. So they made like 20 times as much money per month as they got that. And then you actually hear them say, it's a cost of doing business. And I think the rule we need to change is we need to change some of the climate crap from cost of doing business to go to jail. Because mm -hmm. if you said, no, no, if you create an opioid epidemic, you go to jail. Then I think that some of the people who are high up in these medical companies and advertisement companies and family offices that are behind these, and I mean, a, a lot of other things, right? They would just say, no, 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 no. There's, like, I'm not going to jail. I'm happy to, like, you know, pay cost of doing business, like 20% or whatever, but I'm not going to jail. We have to get out of this. So what I would love governments to do right now, as I would love governments to say, you have to, like, solve this problem, and we have to decide how hard that solving is. And if you haven't done it, if you're the CEO of an oil company, you will go to jail 2030. But we're going to be super nice. We're not going to throw you to jail now, 2022. So we're just going to say for the coming years, there's just fines, and the fines are going to increase in the scale. But 2030, you'll go to jail. So you go to jail, your biggest shareholders go to jail, your board goes to jail, let's just go that. And like every single boardroom, every single like shareholder meeting, people will say, I'm sorry, like we have eight more years. I have to, I'm have. i gonna sell all of my stock in this company unless you fix this problem because I'm not going to jail, right? And the board is just like, hey, I have to leave this board unless you have a plan. And the CEO will say, I'm not gonna stay in this job unless we have a plan, right? So then all these companies, and we can give them like grace periods. We can say like, whatever, 20 years for some of these companies, right? 
But I think they're just like saying, no, no, there's a point where you go to jail for killing people. Because that's what we do when people poison the water. Exactly. We don't say, oh, there's a grace period. It's like, no, 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 you kill people. You go to jail. Simple. How could we push it forward? I mean, who do we need to speak to actually make this happen? For, for me, it is it is that. For me, there is that triangle. It is like we need to get the people in technology to say, hey, create solutions. Like, create solutions and realize that you won't be able to run the show because the technologies shouldn't run the show. I think that whenever technologists and capitalists ran the show, we essentially got colonization. If you look at the East India Company, it was like an amazing effort for Britain to colonize uh, you know, India and like behave like total assholes. And it was done in essentially the name of technology and capitalism. And that's when it just goes free roaming and decides to run their own countries. I think the way to do it is like, we'll say, no, 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 no. Enable things, make it, like, make it possible, make it easy. And then, so, and I think that's already happening, but we should tell everybody who's in technology, if you're working today on an advertisement company, leave that company and go start a climate company. I think that you can definitely do something. Mm-hmm. And then I think we should tell everybody in policy, it's like, I think you can be more draconian. I think you can actually say, we want this change faster. And you can actually say, we will go from fines to jail on some of these things. And then I think that the third one is on people and culture. We can just say, don't accept like, you know, mittens on child laborers. Like, ask yourself, is this actually the way to do it? And there's so many scandals when it's been solved the capitalistic way, uh, when it's actually solved, uh, like, all these three bubbles have collaborated. So it's really important to go deep. So one one thing to think about is, for example, you have the dolphin free tuna scandal. Uh, um, and I think that that's just a, such a crisis. There's, like, some of the smartest people have written about this. But it's like when dolphin free tuna, this was, like, in the 90s, where essentially it was realized that, okay, when we're catching uh, tuna, we're also catching dolphins in the same net. And for some really strange reason, people really care about dolphins and not tuna. One is a mammal and one is not. So, anyways, back then that made sense. Back now, I don't think it makes sense anymore. But back then they said, hey, I'm fine with eating tuna, but I'm not fine with eating dolphin. So, what happened is a lot of people started protesting. And essentially, like, Occupy Wall Street level, people were like, no, stop this, stop this. Walk around with, like, pickets. Like, we're going to stop this, right? And, like, CEOs and everybody got pressured. And then the like, capitalism solution was like, okay, 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 right. Create new nets and create like a dolphin-free tuna brand. Oh, not brand, but like, you know, on the tin, you yeah. got like dolphin-free sticker. tuna label. Created, sticker, it's done, right? And now the problem is like everybody who is now protesting, they just go to Walmart's, Whole Foods, Sainsbury's, whatever food store you're in, Etika, and they go and buy the, you know, the dolphin-free tuna. Everybody who's angry, you just buy the one which is like 10 cents more expensive. And, you know, you, you like all guilt is gone. You don't have to pay the Catholic Church any like indulgence letters. You're mm-hmm. fine. 95% of people will, of course, still choose the same crap tuna. So the problem is, like, by not actually going in with legislation saying, no, 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 we're not going to have child mitten, like child labor mittens here, by letting capitalism and technology solve it together with culture, completely uncontrolled, made that 90% did not solve the problem. So the problem is, like, we have to go in and say, no, 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 we don't want any tuna, like, killed, like, we don't want any dolphins killed with tuna. Mm. And I mean, now when I'm saying this 2021, it sounds completely ludicrous. Well, why the heck? Why do we want any? Like, why do we care the difference between dolphin and tuna? Don't kill animals and eat them, right? But I think that that's the way we should approach some of these problems. Saying no, 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 I'm not after that best child labor camp. I'm after no child labor. And I think that that's a requirement you can actually ask. You can ask, like when you're flying, when you're booking a ticket, like you're buy- flying whatever Amsterdam Berlin. You can say, so the thing I can check in a box here and pay like hundred euros for like biofuel. Is that like, actually means that my like I'm not generating any pollution, or is this a way for like 
Lufthansa to like pocket another 80 euros and then like flush 20 euros some like carbon accounting way, which is shit, right? Is this some like scammy offsets? And I think we should just do this with all of these things. And I think we just say, no, 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 none, okay? None. And I think that's the requirement to do. And I think that also we shouldn't force consumers to say you have to live in the 17th century. But like if people say, no, 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 the only way to live, like you live in a cabin, no electricity, you know, gather your own food. Yeah, but then the problem is the planet works for like, I mean, we can be a billion people. So then we just have to kill, you know, nine out of 10 people on the planet. And that's not going to work, right? So we have to like be realistic and say, no, no, we're going to be like 10 billion people, but we also have to handle this. Um, so I think that, that like, we have to go in with open eyes. And I think that's that what has to be done. Cool. I think that's a good point to kind of wrap the discussion. Uh, thanks, Hampus, for your uh, really kind of, how would I put it, nicely interesting view on the how to change problems. And thanks for your optimism. I think that's always needed on this topic. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> We're all trying. Thanks for doing this, Tormo. Thanks. This is great. It's great you're doing it. And I think it's great to get, like, to ask these questions. So thanks a lot for doing it. Thanks, Hampus. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Backed Podcast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore L-A. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.